And we're back on the Bomb Pod. Uh, shout out to anybody who listens to the Bomb Pod. Today I have uh, another guest, one of my top tier guests here for the third time on the Bomb Pod. Mr. John Molin. John Molin, how, how are you, dude? Doing, my brother, I'm out here. Definitely glad, glad to be back in your uh, presence, my friend, man. I have a new studio now. Wow. It's just the same thing. Look, it's like you've only you've done it when the last place I was at, but now I have a brand new Super Six studio. Super setup. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You got the Sith Lord vibes going on in here. Definitely cool. That is highly appreciated. Shout out to my Twitter handle, which is Velvet Sith Lord. No shit. Um, it's actually Jay Pizzleverse. But anyways, here we're on the bomb pod. I haven't seen Mr. Molden in a while, and uh, COVID has been sucking ass, and people have been pissing me the fuck off. The last couple of episodes I've done have been just like emotional bullshit. Oh, uh, yeah. And now I just don't want to get petty. I want to mm. be angry. And I just, I I just, just want to yeah. say some shit. Keep so. it, keep it light, bro. I'm happy. So I'm trying to keep it uh, like Stevie I'm, I'm Wonder out here. I don't, I don't I'm see fragile. shit. I'm fragile. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, that's how I feel, bro. Switzerland. Oh I've been God. Switzerland this whole situation. You know, man. Okay, I don't know how explicit I can get on this shit, but I'll tell you a little bit about my my quarantine experience with this whole bullshit. First off. <laughs> Like, the first thing for me in March, I realized that the first Thursday that I hadn't had to work in, like, six years. I was like, what the hell is going on here? So, I took some fucking shrooms. Early days in the quarantine. And I came up with a conclusion, bro. Fuck them. I like that conclusion. I've still not done shrooms. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out a way to dive in. I thought about microdosing them, but oh yeah, at the end of the day, I'm a pussy. But we'll get into that maybe later. <laughs> Dude, you want to know why it's fuck them? Because like, there's so many things that are out of my control. So this whole pandemic, this whole situation, bro. As much as I've been able to clean house in a lot of ways, literally, spiritually, I've had to face myself in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You know called into question a lot of things that I thought was important. Mm-hmm. And like, I guess the biggest thing that I've taken from this is the time. It changed my whole perspective on what time is and how my day was supposed to go because like, I didn't have a, a set kind of rigidity mm-hmm. at that point. And that kind of, that unlocked something where I was like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't squander this. Yeah. But you're cooped. It's almost like comfy jail because you're in your house. You're stuck. That's how it felt. But I'm happy about it. It was an opportunity for me. You want to know why? Why? So I fucking just faced myself, man. I freaking had my birthday in quarantine and I turned 30. I just sat there freaking looking at where I thought my 30s were going to be or where I thought I was going to be at 30. And for me, 30 was like a finish line. I was like, shit, mm-hmm. if I ain't famous by 30, if I don't have my freaking fan base and if I'm not trying to make a movement by the time I'm 30, I should probably just give up. And now mm-hmm. I'm here and I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm beginning releasing something I'm actually proud of. You know, I've got mm-hmm. this time that I've been able to refine a lot of stuff that I had been like nurturing and I'm finally able to. Finally kind of say, like, I'm cutting the umbilical cord and shit. You feel me? About time. Dude, you're right. You came over to the lab the other day, bro, and you just said, like, 
what you do nursing these bitches? <laughs> what you doing? And I appreciate that shit, bro, because like I've been kind of like a sleeping dragon. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how the freaking dragon hoards the freaking gold in the mountains and shit? Like in yeah. the freaking Hobbit. That's how I feel with my tracks. I freaking got an archive of this shit. I'm sitting on a freaking gold mine in a way. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can't have that determined un- until you have it an out. You, you need either people to give you passive momentum just for your own saying. Like when someone gives me a compliment of a song or a thing I do, I, I used to really dive in on why, why are you saying this specific thing? Now I realize that just take that positivity and run with it. Hmm. And so when you release something, you know, let's say 20 people will be like, hey man, this is great. Even if you don't feel amazing about it, just, just believe them. Just and take that, take that, know that inside you can do better, but know at least somebody gave you three minutes of their time or whatever the case may be. You You're know, right. have that kind of balance. Good point, man. Because, you know, you, you, you hoping to line up for a cue on shuffle in somebody's turd session, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... You feel me? That's how it is. Um, we live our life as artists, bro, as, like, poets, freaking creators. But, you know, everybody, if you look at their music libraries, nobody's, like, a single-dimensional listener, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many different needs that some songs emerge, and just having a message in a song is one of the things that I hope that, you know, it can resonate, you know, if it finds a listener and that takes them from their situation, if it defines maybe a moment where they remember, it's like, that's, that's my story. Mm-hmm. That's what I try and accomplish with, with, a, with a lyric, you know? And like you get, you can get caught up in a lot of, a lot of things like philosophically about, writing lyrics mm-hmm. like you know your your stings and you know like guys that freaking really lay it down you know but in a in a kind of accessible way but for me like some of the most successful songwriters and, and lyricists write relatable songs songs that remind you of a time or or take you to a place in your own life and that to me is something i've always aim to achieve and that's something that I, I plan to try and do more of as I, I continue you know developing because like this next release uh undiscovered is gonna be a uh, kind of a dance like experimental kind of electric kind of vibe whoa that is and then the next one is the <clears throat> lightning in a bottle volume two which is kind of like back to my rock and roll singer okay, songwriter now I'm okay I was like what yeah yeah I'm, I'm glad you have that much versatility it's, it's, I got too lined up, <laughs> had a chance to be kind of like proactive in this downtime mm-hmm. besides the writing, you know, writing a lot. You, you'd be surprised at how much people, um, A, underestimate you and B, um, will support you uh, because they see what you're trying to do and you don't have to be happy with the result. I'm now somewhat happy with my songwriting process. And somewhat aware now of the things I hated before. Like, just let's say I'll, I'll, for me, I I hated my old music having so much space. I feel like I missed opportunity to put more interesting parts in certain places. Vocal movement, beat drops, guitars. You know, you can spice things up a little bit. But that's also part of like the... uh the time you know like it it defines you know who you were at the time 
That's why, you know, it's hard to come back to things sometimes because you're like, shit, I've changed or I've grown as an artist and now I can do so much more, you know? But you did it at the time and you did it with that concept in mind, right? Like, it was it was composed. You know, I I was well aware that my first compositions were going to be like artist boot camp. Right. So I knew there was going to be that level of I will not like this because of this. Hmm. So there's old stuff that I've done that I'm really proud of. So it's it's there's a balance. But I knew I hit a new level with the new stuff I've done mainly because I went in it with a rule set hmm. and I went in it with um, very distinct goals to hit. Right. So I was able, for the most part, in my opinion, at this point, achieve those goals where I'm achieving a theme I want, a lyrical content that I would that would resonate, um, and a musical background that is what I enjoy. And bro, you're so like I've I've noticed you know so dedicated like with the with the technique, man. It's really it's impressive what you can do. Man. It's it's wild. You know, it's it's super awesome, and I I look forward to seeing how you how you put it together because like I feel like making stuff musical, that's gonna be your like real joy, you know, because there's gonna be a lot of layers to whatever you do. You always compose some stuff that's like multi faceted. You know, we were talking about Queen earlier. Oof. Polyphonic, um, bro. That's what you need. That I I've that that drama that they have throughout all their music is a, is very important to me. And I feel like that's a flavor that sometimes people miss in their composition hmm. where there is very little attitude and it doesn't have to be like, cause you have Freddie Mercury, right? It's more like uh, a musical line. A melody doesn't get added. Harmonies get missed. Like when I mean space, I really meant like, I guess amateur songwriting Right. Or what I felt it is. Because I'm sure I'll look back at this release and feel the same way. But, like, I think now going in with all... I did allow telling the guy that I went in this project with a lot of research. So I didn't write anything. Like, I was breaking down uh, Britney Spears' acapella vocals. <laughs> nice, dude. Um, wow. Because I okay. wanted to learn what made a hit. Like That's there, so true. And, um, and that's, uh, we, it's a perfect song. It was on the internet. And then I found other NSYNC ones, Backstreet Boys. Oh, I learned man. them out. Uh, Bro, in the 90s and the 2000s. My first uh, ever album, funny enough, that I bought at a store that I can remember was uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium. Fucking. I had it that way. Man, you had it that way. Damn, that's yeah. a dig. That's a dig of the boys. No, it's. I want it that way. I remember the Burger King commercial. That's the one it was. I had it that way. I no, that wasn't it. I had it that way. That's been years, bro. I haven't fucking remember that shit. I, I love I love pop music from the early nineties. It's so perfect because it's uh it's the good pop. I'm, I'm a, people don't I I'm a softie for pop music. So oh yeah, um, I'm Coldplay. Coldplay. Oh, don't get me started. I'm gonna cry. Yo, <laughs> I saw them for uh, Milo Xyloto, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one of the coolest concert experiences I ever had, because they they made you dance, they made you laugh and feel good, they made you cry, 
they they had you like involved too, like with the songs too. Like they had you like with these little bracelets, and the bracelets would light up. You were part of the lights, and then they played a freaking song from the back of the stadium yeah. out there. You know, figuring like just the way that they were, and the way that they had us. We were so engaged, you know, and that's like the ideal experience to me because like everybody went there probably just with somebody they love you know whoever it was your brother your sister your mom your dad your your freaking girlfriend your wife your kids you bring to that show and you you share something you know and and that's what you hope to achieve in a live show you know you you want to make an experience you want them to remember that you know to define a moment you know what was your favorite live Coldplay song Oh, shoot. Bro, um, when I realized how great they were was when they played Yellow. That was a moment where, because they were like, this is our first hit in America. <laughs> you like hear that, they play it, and you're like, oh, look at the stars. Yeah, like, it's amazing. It's, it, make, it brings a tear to your eye. You know? It's one of those pop songs that's so simple and so gratifying. You feel me? You're a hundred percent right. It is very gratifying. I've never heard that the song described that way, but that song is very gratifying. It, it hits you just right and when you need it to. And that's the beauty of it. Oh, you're right, Bob. <laughs> you're fucking right. It's it's another perfect song, you know? Like you, you gotta find your yellow. We gotta write a yellow of our own, in our own way, in our own time that defines a moment. And that's that's the goal. To have it resonate like that. Interesting. Yeah. I've never heard anybody describe yellow like that. I, I saw them in the ooh, XY tour. Oh yeah. Well, that was nice. That's a nice one. At West Palm, and it was for me. It like it's uh, it's fix you. Like, like that song oh, live is, is too much to deal with. <sighs> Yeah, and I can feel it. As soon as I hear that organ, I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, man, they take you somewhere, huh? Is that it that song's a different feeling, man? Yeah, you, you know, you, you try not to hold back, try to hold back your tears when it fix you. That song's too perfect. Yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the uh, just for guitar nerd shit on the on the bridge where they just changed the the chord from major to minor the mm. second time around, oh. it hits just like. <laughs> Wow, I fucking got like, oh, yeah. emotion. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's amazing. It's such a perfect song. It, you know, man, and and like guys like um like Dave Grohl, they hate on a on a band like Coldplay because it's so. Um, How does he hate on literally everything? <laughs> Dave Grohl is a legend. Dave Grohl is another inspiration. Could you imagine if they could have? jammed you know like now like him and kurt cobain oh my god would he have had the same career if kirk was here i don't know i i would love to see beneficiary like how would he you know what i i shudder to think that dave would live in kurt cobain's shadow i don't think so i think Dude, he would have ridden the wave but i don't think he would have given up of the 90s yeah no dude like drummers didn't just go in a band and start a successful band like that. That 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 wasn't what occurred. 
Like, he was in the biggest band ever. He wasn't... What was he going to do? Go mm-hmm. solo? Well, he kind of did. Because he died. <laughs> because Kirk died, dude. Not because he wanted to. I'm sure they would have had them... The label would have had them making albums for like another five, ten years. Which would have been interesting, but you think he wouldn't have learned guitar and we wouldn't have seen them play? Like, we the definitely... Food Fighters? I that... don't know, man. Timing is everything, man. Oh, well, I mean, you know, in an alternate Earth with an alternate timeline and Kurt like, Cobain doesn't die, would he have been, die, he have been, been a Foo Fighters? Maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? I don't know, dude. That's he, a deep one. That's like some paradox. successful. I'm not going to argue on that because of how hard he works, but... You, no, you, but like as Nirvana, they never had to work again. Like they already made it. Like at that point, it's like okay, I never have to get a day job. I'm already made Nirvana. So like if they made more f- successful Nirvana albums, like let's say they did another five albums that we never had, like unreleased. Who knows? We might have even seen the decline of greatness. We never. You know, know what? I was just talking to a friend of mine over this, and I was trying to convince him to watch Alice in Chains. Oh shit! Unplugged. There you go. And um, he's a big fan of Nirvana. Okay. And I was just explaining to him just like the differences of it and how like the singer's deaths are very similar, hmm. not identical. And Lane Staley was trying to prevent his death to kind of end life like Kirk's. Something similar occurred, but hmm. I think that like Nirvana was at the pinnacle of everything. So like hard to believe you go solo, you know, like, like think about every band, you know, how many times does the drummer leave? The drummer. To do anything. To do, you got Ginger Baker, who's like, I don't give a fuck. That's a 60s. They didn't know what they had. <laughs> they didn't know what the fuck they had. Was the was Levon Helm a drummer? I don't know. I don't know but either. It was, uh, oh, was I feel talking? like I saw him playing the drums, though. I was watching a guitar amp thing, and they were talking about, like, Vox, the Vox Amplifier Company. Uh... Their endorsement for the Beatles was just giving them amps. They never paid them anything. Also, that's such a 1960s thing to do. Good enough. We'll take them. Thank like, you very much. Yeah, it's like, we're the fucking... If the Beatles are larger than Jesus, you think they'd get endorsements. Like, Bieber, Bieber probably got more shit. <laughs> I mean, the, Bieber, I the Beatles... Wow. Yep. I guess the Beatles, like, set the stone so for it. But. Let me let me pick your brain, because mm-hmm. you're you're more sauce than I am. You're more new school in a lot of ways, especially yeah. this tr- trending shit. What's up? This whole Cactus Jack, McDonald's, like, okay, talk to me about... Like, bring me into the loop with this. What all the right, hell is right, going so on? All right, so let me, let me rant a little bit. <laughs> if anybody gets this point in the podcast... And, I'm coming in hot. So here's a problem. Here we go. There is at one point people who used to collaborate between brands and companies because there is a meaning behind it. Right? Okay. For sure. So that's always been a thing. Marketing. I'm with you. Not even marketing because we're rolling it back to like 2010. We're old back. Done. Like, like. If, some, if a group of people collaborated on a product, like I'm a sneaker person, so I... It was like a rare thing, right? Sure. As the years go on, a lot of collabs just start occurring. And you start seeing a lot of X's between this brand and this brand. Then you have four-way collabs, three-way collabs. And then you have people reaching out for the dumbest things. So we've hit critical fucking mass. Oh, no. Like, if the supreme Louis Vuitton thing was the highest part of the mountain, we've built something higher. (laughs) Because... That not only did he have like a like a hundred forty like piece line for it, 
Right, with the McNugget. Yeah, with the McNugget pillow. I, I saw that. You have it on stock. I just want to see it. Like, I just want to see it. I really don't want to buy it. I just <laughs> want to see if it's body size, if it's huggable. If I can cuddle my lonely ass in a fucking chicken nugget oh my about God. it, I'll pay for it. Help, help me pay for it, guys. Please send me some cash. So, oh, shit. And That's all this stuff is thing. ugly. Oh. And he bro. has a McDonald's meal that is probably terrible. And you have to ask for it to like that. So it's like the meaning to employees, the meaning to customers. But people do it because they're idiots. I haven't done it. I and the merch. Some of the merch sold out, which is nice. Wow. But good. when you yeah, think you about figure, it, because Travis Scott is the Elvis of right now. I hate that. Oh my God! Don't. He is. He I, is. That, that, that hurt my brain. No, you're no, right. He is the Elvis of of our day right now. Like of these uh the tweens. Like if you're mm. 12 or 13 right now, he is the top of what the pinnacle of fame means. And I think that's really interesting because like he's got a a great diverse kind of like like following you know like it's it's expanded and so like since he's able to cross over with nike since mm. he's able to get like mainstream like mcdonald's as an individual you know that's that's pretty serious that's that's not like the weekend is featured by puma no this guy is Ooh, that's a stab Big no stab what do you mean he's there he's definitely he's on passively. top of it let me check this out what happened probably if you let's zoom out there is a boardroom somewhere in mcdonald's hq okay that these are big wigs of mickey d's yeah right and they're like big max these are the big max jack and they're they bringing they bring in cactus jack mr cactus into the mcdonald's corporate office right and they discuss a plan to somehow cuck americans into buying this bullshit because they know it's going to make money. Mm. Like, I have sneaker friends. Look, man, they hype beast everything. Right now, like, trading cards are in, and they're making a killing doing it. Like, bless their hearts. Like, I don't get it. But, like, you can make a dollar, you can make a dollar. But it's, it's a hype beast industry. Oh, yeah. No, so, trading cards are a thing, for sure. I, I have a big uh, Pokemon collection myself. No, like sports cards too. Oh, like, like, big time! Like all of a sudden, like people care about rookie cards again. Dude, a guy sold a baseball card just now. Like, well, maybe you know, the last six months, the most expensive one in history was like four million. He <laughs> did pretty good. It was pretty sweet. He held on to it, and people were telling, "Oh, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna appreciate." Yeah, he held on to it for two years or something. We create all it. these markets. That's even the worst part. Like these are piece of cardboard in the end yeah but it's perceived value right rarity everything you know condition as long as you know there's it's like diamonds diamonds are coal formed through pressure and they have perceived value but they're not scarce there's no scarcity of diamonds it's just perceived value so that's to the ugly girls on the back well, you know what? There's always somebody willing to overpay for something too. Wow, that's even that's the most hurtful thing I've heard. <laughs> uh, you know, there's the people who flex on it too. They're like, "I'm gonna pay more for it because I can afford it." I'm like, "I'll pay for less if I can get it. <laughs> Give me the cheaper one." I have a. I'm I'm bad about that, bro. I'm freaking so. Like frugal, always I mean, looking for the deals. 
I don't blame you. I had a, I had a, I have a friend who, um, through any means necessary, makes money. I don't know what he does specifically. I'm not going to say his name either. Okay. But ended up actually farming, like, diamonds in Africa. Intense. Yeah. I'll show you his IG off air. But he he just went to the source, and he just he was just like, it was that easy to literally go to that area and get your own fucking diamonds <laughs> and sell them. Wow. I look it's it's I'm putting it in the easiest possible like dumb way. I get it. Like he went freaking diamond hunting mm-hmm. himself yeah. and brought that's amazing. That's how much abundance is and that's how they flip it to us and the stuff that makes a, a diamond like less foggy and stuff like that is just like Oh yeah, the VVS mm-hmm. and VS like the different quality like for sales. I mean, and it's all about how you cut it, too. And the thing is that now the synthetic, you know, the CZs and all of, like, the lab-created stuff, mm-hmm. it's on another level. It's on another level, and it's inexpensive. It's it's funny because, like, it's all about perceived value. That's mm-hmm. that's really it. And so, like, if you, if you love somebody, you want to give them a ring, I feel like with the intention, that's what it should be. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. In today's society of um, Miami Puteria, I don't think that's a possible thing you want to achieve, especially in COVID time. One, one of the conversations that I've, that I've been consistent is like, like what is culture and what are things now? Right. I think this affects Miami the most because the things that you would brag about are outside. La Puteria, the 305 is what you're trying to tell me. Yeah, that shit's, there's no, if you live in an apartment, you can't do that. It just feels like you're caging animals. <laughs> and they you don't appreciate that, so yeah. it's not going to work out for them. Yo, you want to know how you can tell, like for me, if it's a good ring or not? The metal. If it's real gold or platinum or something like that, then you know. Because like the, the stone, you could put whatever kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. you could, like authentic, you know what I'm saying? You would do whatever. But if it's like cheap metal, you're done. You're done in this town. I don't give a shit. It's like, you're done. I, pr- I would say that it's going to be a hard-pressing thing to get a girl to wear a gold ring. Girls rarely wear gold nowadays. Mm. So you're gonna, you can trick them with some silver. So they'll be fine. You see that? Silver's cheaper. It's funny. It's, it's not that it's cheaper. It's like the other version is platinum and... Platinum. I mean, like, once you go platinum band, you're serious about what you're doing. So. Platinum's pretty dope. I personally prefer it because of the weight. I like it a lot. I once had a... The problem is that it's slightly radioactive. I once had a... <laughs> I once had a co-worker who gave his, who gave his girl uh, a rose gold ring. And he looked at me and asked me, I'm like, you think it's a good idea? And I'm like, well, I can't say it. I don't want to say his name. <clears throat> and I was like, it's not a good idea because when she gets mad at you, she's going to call it copper. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Por ahí wow. He said fair enough. And then like when she came to visit, she had, a co- she had the ring. Oh, oh, my God. Bueno. Sorry, I had to drink water. I'm with you on that, bro. But like, she, she, he bought the, he still bought her the. It's probably all he could afford, which is that's a whole other story. But he bought her the fucking dumbass a rose gold engagement ring. Like I've never seen that. 
Yeah, it's true. With a super, with a tiny rock, it looked like a ring from Claire's. I don't know. And oh man, I don't want to. I don't want to freaking rag on it. I don't want to rag on. I do because yeah. I, I was like, "Fuck that!" I told that guy it was a bad decision. You want to like, know something, bro? Bad fucking decision. These people who buy the rose gold iPhones, the 6s. I remember that they would call it bros gold. Bro, okay, I gotta drink more water after that stupidity. That's not true, really. Yeah, I'm telling you, if rose we were gold. a dude with the freaking rose gold iPhone, I was like, oh lord, no, I'm gonna still sell it to you. It's bros gold. <laughs> I'm a sucker for gold, but rose gold is like, I feel like it's always gonna go out of style. Like, I feel like there's never gonna be some long term desire for rose gold. Yo, you know what? It falls in and out of fashion, and they get cheap and expensive. Black diamonds. Black diamonds are lower quality because they're literally more carbon content mm-hmm. but certain times they get like people get into them and so like they become like more fashionable and then they freaking increase so it's really interesting if i could have it my way i would make the woman i'm with give me an engagement ring and make sure that i can have a vanta black diamond on it oh vanta black is no light escapes this kind of black that's that's intense black if you're gonna sign up with me, that's just the love that's gonna be received. Intense, dark, black, dark, consuming, black. miserable love. <laughs> <laughs> so I want the engagement ring. Why? Because I'm the prize, Nolan, not, not you. <laughs> the fuck. If no. I can, because there's no way in hell I would have a Vanta black ring unless I'm some, unless I'm a giant supervillain, which I'd be the same. So I could take that too. You're going to have to find somebody with a black soul like yours. I've always said I would need the opposite. The opposite would convince me. Oh, so you need a light to yeah. illuminate the dark. Mm-hmm. I see you. That makes more sense. Ah, yeah. with you, bro. Okay. But it has to, yeah, because if not, you, you, you can't be with a, I'm already a more medium to low person. I need someone who's medium to high. Balance me out. Feel you, and not only that, those people who end up flying all the time in the air are always the same ones who get hit by electrical like currents because they're always just too busy like looking everywhere else except ahead of them. Hmm. So my job there, you keep those people grounded. Just like, hey, here's all the the why ideas may not work, and then you have balance. Yeah. Um, but definitely, I can't be with nobody as 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 morbid as I can. There's a lot of women like that though. Like I thought I was it. There's sometimes that if I if I want to sound positive about what you're telling me, we've gone too far. Because I'm willing to take a lot of negativity. I'm cool with it. But if I have to cheer you up, you, you've you've hit the brink. Oof. You, you need you need treatment. I see. Yeah. You you're willing to feel the bullshit is what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, I understand. Bullshit I, all day. Since we're back on our bush on this podcast, that's Which, the whole point. Like I've done my sheriff ships, so I get it. You're gonna take humans the bullshit. Be humans, people be people. But don't ask me to cheer your ass up now. Yeah. Don't want you you I'll coming to it. me? Yeah. You coming to the last stop on the train. Mm-hmm. This is what <laughs> Go, this get is. A, go get a simp somewhere else and go be making sad because oh, I want like I, I've told girlfriends before, be nice to me. And mean to everyone else. That's my only thing I care about. I don't, everything else, I don't really care that you do for me. But if you're, if you're really nice to me in front of others, and then when there's others around, you're really mean to them in front of me. What, like, I'm about, I'm about that. That's my favorite quality. Why? 
I don't know. Loyalty. It's a loyalty thing. It's loyalty. It's a loyalty. Look at you. It's the most important thing. Hmm. But like now you got to learn how to just navigate that loyalty. You can't, um, I guess, be so abusive with it. But <laughs> you, you can definitely find ways to, to do it where you're still getting your point across without being such an overarching figure. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. You're living and learn. Yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> like I said, bro, freaking on the on the freaking quarantine man turned thirty and freaking looking at shit differently, bro. I never never had to look at shit like this. I started checking on you all the time because I I know how much that shit sucks. I had no young older friends around me at the time, so it sucked. Hmm. And then like I now my friends are getting older. Like I had a friend of mine turn thirty on September tenth. There you go. And he has two kids already, so like he went through a whole different crisis of shit. Oh damn. He's a wife, two kids, just bought a house. Shout out to him. He's doing really great. Hey, that's and, good. Uh, so it's a different set of struggles, but like the whole mental struggle for dudes I've noticed is just like I'm not where I thought drew this imaginary line at. Yo. Isn't that wild? Well hey man. Well, let's see. There's, you know, I feel like this decade, this whole 30 decade now, it's mm-hmm. a grind decade. I'm going to freaking work hard this decade. Just to freaking try and work my way off the clock by 40. <laughs> if well, I yeah, can't put 10 years in. I, you know, I think mentally we're both aware that, like, after, after in your 20s, you can just trial and error. Because your teens are, like, your don't count. But by the time you hit 30, you're like, well, there's 40 on the horizon. Yo. And a long 40, not only does your job security, physical security count, but fiscal, health security. That's when you, you're going to have to start like, getting like prostate exams and shit. You're going to have, doctors are going to start asking you for like different things. Yeah. Like that's all approaching. Hmm. And like it's best if you just take the current abilities you have and make them better so then you don't have to try to fix them later. And yeah. all these aspects of life, so... I've been like uh, bro checking all my friends to make sure they're good. Thank you, bro. Thank you. And to make sure that they're all like, I know it sucks. Let's like, but I know it. But like me through empathy, I've I've noticed that like I can stomach all people's negativity. Um, it's cool for me. I don't fucking care. It's because like, you're a Scorpio, bro. You have damn. that. You got the venom. It's in your blood. The venom. We're just dropping that subliminally. We don't need nobody to know. But there's venom. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I want people to get that or not But like it, it's very That's much, right It's, it's, it's Halloween true. coming up this month Next month I hope no one I hope it gets cancelled Personally In my mind Halloween's already begun This is it We are it's, in the season It's the purge No, no, I'm <laughs> saying like Freaking hell man You know what If I'm gonna celebrate it I'm gonna be all up in my Halloween At this point bro Fuck it Cause like by the end of October thirty first, they're gonna be putting Christmas trees out somewhere. I don't freaking want to be up in that. I just want to freaking have my little. I want to have my Jack Skellington. You feel me? Since my birthday's on Halloween, my relationship with that holiday is a little hit or miss. Ah <laughs> uh, yes. So. Well, that's that's in, you know, in in uh, what's that called? Where you where you can't avoid it. You yeah. know, it's, uh, I've had I've had really good ones. Right. And some really rather boring. So most of the time, though, I'd rather not do anything and just stay at home. Yeah. 
So like if 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 someone wants to give me a quarantine edition birthday of of basically seeing how much weed to the face I can take before I pass out, that's the kind of party I'm trying to have. There we go. Yeah. If well, I pass out by three p.m. and wake up November first at eight p.m., I'm cool with that. I'm like, oh, I slept for fifteen hours. Damn. I'd be, I'd be into that shit, but that's like some Scorpio masochist nonsense. That, like uh-huh. I can't prevent. Or should I? Pre- I don't know. Trick or treat, man. I uh, I definitely. We'll be looking out for you this Halloween. I got you, man. <laughs> Stop. Too um, funny. Yo. The older you get, it just becomes a weirder holiday to have. I'm just talking to my younger brother about this tonight. Like, I just don't see how that, it's a cool holiday like when you're like in your mid-50s. Unless you, you've created a good space in your life where you start celebrating things like children. I mean, old folks have told me that like if you do it right, your 50s become like your teenage years again. How funny. So it, there is there is a, a plus side to it. It's there just you how you present your life, I guess, to that point. How intense. So, man, let's see, bro. Let's see. I don't know, man. I Everybody, I feel like, had this idea of 2020. It was like, this is going to be our year. And then I feel like 2020 was like, pull the rug out under. I feel like, Whoosh! this ain't going to work. And then, like, Big rug. you feel me? Like, And so that's why I, I changed my mentality. That's why I changed how I wanted to look at my time. Because I said, well, I have today. And you know what else I can do? I can project out. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I own my space, I own my time, and there's nothing that I can't do throughout the day. Like, it doesn't matter if it's 2 a.m. It doesn't matter if it's 2 p.m. That's when I changed my phone on my iPhone, like, like the clock, mm-hmm. to 23 hour. Why do people do that? Because it made me aware that it was 2300 and I'm going to zero hour. And so like 1 a.m. became the first hour of my day. And so, like, that's kind of how I view daytime now in a 24-hour cycle. I thought, I never understood why people did that. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's why they do it in the military. They're like, made it over 600. It's mm-hmm. like, dang, it's the sixth hour of the day. I already got six hours behind us. Get out there. Deploy. I feel yeah. like them would be like, maybe at 3 p.m. <laughs> it doesn't, like, hit. So, like, it's 1,500 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe at 1,500 hours. You know? Like, Damn. But yeah, it's 15th hour of the day. So you're like, golly. You know, by that time, by the time 23 mm-hmm. comes, I feel like an urgency. I'm like, oh, damn. I'm, I got to step it up. Like sometimes that makes me like realize like my hour of inspiration mm-hmm. has been like 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. Because like by 11, I like, shit, I better get my shit together. So sometimes I'll make a coffee or something. <laughs> really? Literally. I, I, that used to be me. I also now don't remember when I write, so. No, I just literally try and dominate the day. But that's because I was faced with it. You feel me? And I faced myself. I was like, man, what am I doing? Who am I trying to be? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you wake up, are you an early wake-up person or no? <sighs> it all depends. Because, like, I'm not a good napper. Yeah, snapping is not a thing. So, like, if I get exhausted, let's say, like, I have a two a day or I'm training hard, you know what I'm saying? And, like, I knock out at 9 p.m., I'll be up at, like, 6 or 7. Mm. But, like, on the regular, 
freaking like I don't know. I try and and not sleep past like eight or nine. You know what I mean? Like I try and get my day up. Like you know, at least try and I don't know. It, I'm not like a seven a.m. riser. I feel like seven is kind of an annoying time to be anywhere, or do anything. It's always like you start me off at seven. Unless you can work out immediately, yeah, it's a little. Annoying. You know what I'm saying? Like seven. Yeah, that's the truth. Like if you if you tempt me with a seven a.m. workout, I'm there. That's the, <laughs> that's yeah. the only thing you can get me with. I I hundred percent agree. It's it's nice workout time. You know, another weird time is four a.m. Usually, if you're up at four, some shit's going on. You're either in your shit, or you on your some shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've been on the, both sides of that four a.m. equation. You know, four a.m. is a good time and it's a shit time. You can't be like it's four a.m. I was like, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, shit. It is an ungodly hour. It is, it is the <laughs> ungodly hour. It's 4 a.m. There's no reason you should be up. Yeah. Oh, 0400. I mean, it's it's all right. I mean, Even if you're being good, like if you're Mr. Entrepreneur. What the fuck are you doing up there? <laughs> like, what do you, do? Why, you can't do this like at 630? <laughs> Six thirty, Because if you're up by if you're up by four, then you're kind of implying you're in bed by seven. Yeah, that's that's even weirder. That's that that doesn't make much sense at all. So like, let's say if you, when you go to work, uh, whatever. This <laughs> 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 is taking a weird turn. Yeah, it's weird definitely, turn. definitely interesting though. Like yeah, it's I'm, it's I'm fucked, yeah. no no bro. I'm sure that there have been a lot of time warps for people stuck at home. Are these superhumans? Do you Are they remember at like four hours a day, bro? I I feel like if I was in a depression, mm-hmm. which I feel like a lot of people are in this, you know, psychologically, yeah, this is a depressing time. Mm-hmm. You probably want to sleep more. You probably feel exhausted. I wish. You know, I. There is another thing: restlessness, right? Like yeah. you feel like you can't be in control of the situation, so therefore you can't sleep at night. So you can't even yeah. make use of your time to heal. Mm-hmm. Time. That's another thing, you know. There's so many different equations to that, man. You're right. You're right. I try to tire myself out, hmm. and I I still can't sleep. Yeah. Like I'm up by six thirty. Wow. There was a couple nights ago where I woke up and I looked at my phone. It's three in the morning. I was like, "What the? Fuck? Are you kidding me? <laughs> How fucking? I'm like, what do I need to take? Right. To just like wake up at ten thirty in the morning." Just, yeah. I used to do that. Like, I I used to, Like, it's... Knock out. Now? Serious. Up at 6.30. Damn. Your body says, now. S- snap to it? And when I hit 30, that just started happening. <laughs> Before that, pretty much never. Before I would have work. Let's say if I had work, like, at 5 p.m., I'd wake up at 3.30. There you go. Oh, dude. Bro, I remember those times too. Like when I was like fifteen, bro, mm-hmm. I freaking would be able to sleep twelve hours. Like I would go to bed late. I would go to bed at like three a.m., but I could wake up at three p.m. Yeah, <laughs> it did not affect me. Like mm-hmm. I could sleep all day. No, no freaking remorse. Like my, my uncle, uh, I call my uncle, Uncle Steve. He would call me up at nine a.m. every day. He'd wake me up at nine. He'd be like, "It's damn, make hay while the sun shines." Yeah, one of those types. <laughs> and like, he would always wake me up at 9 a.m. This 
morning wake up call. And I'll tell you what, man, I would always like resent it. But then like now I think about it, I'm like, man, he was trying to give me something. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but that at that time now I'm like, I'm so glad I slept. I mean I needed that sleep. I've always known my like my dad was always like a morning Your dad? person and a hard mm-hmm. worker. But like I'm not trying to like I was I was never like trying to be that. Like I'm still not trying to wake up that early, but now like my body just doesn't resist. Like there's times that like I'm my I'm done with my workout at seven thirty in the morning. Which it feels good. And if you plan out your day meticulously, it's fine. But there's just some days that you just want to sleep in. Because there's, there is nothing to do. Like you said, like, because of the pandemic shit. There's, I don't want to, what am I going to be awake for? I feel you. What am I going to do? So Where I've do had we got to go? I've had that headache plenty, so I could, I could size with you. Um, what other issues have you had besides that? I mean, like, you've kept your job steady, right? So at least... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, thank God, you know, like, I'm blessed, you know, privileged. I definitely, you know, just... Take it one day at a time, like a freaking stable, you know, mm-hmm. employment and everything the whole time. Just uh, been working from home, you know, doing training. And then I, you know, just doing little shit like that, like uh, sales stuff. But I mean, I think the taxing part is probably the uh, the lack of a finish line, the, the, the uncertainty of how long this is going to go on for. For all of us, I feel like yes, I've been over this shit. Like I, I am over it. You feel me? There's just so much conflicting information. Oh there yeah, is so about much transmission. Opinions about the contagion itself. I mean, let's not even talk about origins or any of that stuff. Oh yeah, Chinese virus. About that, it came from China. There you go. Cause this virus is Chinese. <laughs> oh my God, yo! I don't even. Uh, that's a can of worms right there. But on the bomb pile, I don't give a fuck about nothing. So I'm like, I don't want to get into it either. If because but it's like, yeah, we definitely don't have all the info. It's the it's the equivalent of like that time you were on that stone mountain. You told me, mm-hmm. and it was like 7 a.m. and it was sunrise, and you would just hear this. George Soros and this night at the top of the mountain. You're like, no, you're just supposed to be chilling out here. But you hear the people hear politics on the top of a fucking mountain. The mountain, dude. And you know what, man? I'm the one of the things that I'm enjoying about this writing process. I'm uh, writing a little web series with a friend, um, and it's coming along really fun. We're trying to create something that just an escape, something that reminds you of before all this. And like Great concept. Definitely, man. I, I feel like there's something that you know you need to to unlock. There's a potential there, you know? And and so like it's it's been a catharsis in a lot of ways, a release in a lot of ways for me to be able to put these words on a page and, and to visualize this new little microcosm, you know? Mm-hmm. This this parallel version of our city, this magic city we live in, mm-hmm. an augmented fantastic Miami, you know, where things are real magic, you know, where there's, you know, things that go bump in the night, ghosts and vampires and aliens and things. Oh, my God. Yeah. That, let's take a break. Sounds good. And we'll be right back. Out. Here we go. Long we're back. All right. All right. So, um, we were just talking about leechy politics crap. Um, Oof. 
You, what, you, you think all this crap will end when, when 2020 ends? Do you have hope for 2021 or should we walk really slow? <laughs> Yo, here's the thing. It's uh, no end in sight kind of situation. You know what I'm saying? That's what it feels like. So, I mean, I'm willing to hope for some type of normalcy for like Christmas or something. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I... I don't know how realistic that's really. Apparently, civilizations don't last longer than like 200 years usually. That's so. And this happened all throughout history and... Son of a bitch. Like the Romans think they had it, thought they had it figured out. There you go. So... So you're telling me it's the fall of the modern day Roman Empire. Is that what you're trying to tell me? It could be, man. It could be that we just don't I've heard have this song before. Together, man. We have to get it together because they're turning the frogs gay. Oh, shit. You, you know what you just reminded me of? What? There's a saying that they say is like this. It's like your, your best friend's good-looking sister. I want this one bad. <laughs> I want this one bad. There you go, man. I just... I, <laughs> you got the southerner coming at me right there. Here I would like to write country songs. <laughs> was for the titles. So one of the titles I always thought of is like, I can't get over her if you're under him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Man. <laughs> can't get over her if you're under him. <laughs> you know how it goes. It's the old Coons classic standard. You know, down in Alabama. I can't get over her long as she's under him. I don't know how the song goes, but I think it goes like that. I, it's just true. You know, country is How did how did it go? What was the melody for that? How how did you How would I envision it? I can't get um, over her if you're under him. I don't really know how country really works, but I, I was told that country should just be three chords and the truth. Three chords and the truth. That works for any genre of this freaking modern <laughs> shit. As long one as you got one, one of my favorite songs is Alan Jackson's Chattahoochee. Because in the song, he just goes, it gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. <laughs> hotter than a hoochie coochie? Yeah. You know, say. It gets hotter than a hoochie coochie. Hoochie coochie. And you know, when you start to think about these Miami girls, it probably does. Hoochie coochie would be pretty hot down here. Those, those girls from Miami Gardens are the ones that pretend they're from Miami Lakes. Oh, do they now? Yeah, it's gotta be. <clears throat> those girls are terrible. Oh, I mean, they don't, have, they don't know any better. They just didn't even grow up with a social security card. So they've never had access to the library. All they know is their metro phone. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just a lot of damage. Um, you think 2021 there's hope? Do you think concerts will happen next year? Events? I mean, yeah, I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. I think there's got to be a way to do it. I mean, you know, there's obviously ways you can broadcast, like, you know, going live and doing things like that, which I think is going to be more prevalent. But here's the thing. <laughs> It's never going to replace the live experience, being able to go to the show. So I, I hope that they give it back to us so we can, we can get out there again and, and do our thing, you know what I'm saying? Like really make the... I miss live music so much, mm. concerts specifically, not shows. 
concerts, you know, big extravaganzas. Dude, like Muse, going yeah, to check I, them out. I've seen them live. Dog, that shit. It's like a, it's like going to a, a movie, but they control the time. It's mm-hmm. like once they come onto the scene, it's like phew, everything else stands still. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They they're in in control, and I, I think that's so amazing when you can create that like illusion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just take over, and it's three guys. Yeah, they fill in space really, really well. It's intense. I've seen them open. Not open. Open their tour in West Palm Beach, and it was just magic. Just seeing them them play like that. They they're just really efficient at, at filling in the gaps with what they do. The one in West Palm was that the one where Jared Leto and uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars yeah. opened for them. I was there. It's it was a terrible Thirty Seconds to Mars show. <laughs> I mean, I he feel was like having some. I'm so glad I've met somebody who's gone with him besides the person I went with. Because yo, what the fuck was that at thirty seconds? He was like he's, on drugs. You, you, well, he came out with that. Yeah, it was like a, I don't know, kind of cloak looking mm-hmm. thing. He had kind of like that whole Gucci fit. It's, I'll never forget that. Oh, whole, that was Gucci. That was all Gucci. Oh, look at that! There you go. Expensive Gucci. You you could tell immediately. Yeah. I thought it looked like he was like. Oh my, I, Looked kind of like clowny to me. I was like, "Oh, he's coming off the Joker. He's like, you know, kind of doing his thing. Like that's what I, I think. It, I don't know." But he he brought everybody up on stage. He had that whole thing. He was going into the audience. You know, it, what it felt like was he was kind of like trying to like have the audience do the work of singing his songs, which I was like kind of like, mm, I don't know about all this life. I'm, I, you know, I'm not that big of a fan of yours, bro. I came here to see you sing yourself. You appear pretty lazy. And once I saw this band members tucked all the way there in the back, I'm like, I see what this is. Right. The Geraldito show. Accompanied <laughs> by drummer and background music. There you go. I was kind of disappointed. But I've seen them perform before, and it was okay when they were more of a band. Hmm. But he was just like, it felt like he was just drunk. He, and like in front of everybody, he was just like, whatever, man, here's my songs. He doing them all. He was just doing his thing. I feel like he gave the full kind of uh, experience, but he was coming back off of being like an actor, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he's such a versatile guy. Like, you know, he's been through so much, like even just psychologically to survive the role of the Joker. Like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> after seeing how that could tax on a guy, like, and then having the desire to want to go back and do it and like do it again. And then the, the you know, company's like, um, I think we're going to go to another wage, Jared. Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, we got another Oscar guy. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, 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 got a little Joaquin over here. That we just can't. And the, the thing is that, that now they're going to reboot the Suicide Squad. I heard. And so that's another animal right there that they're opening up. But overall, I'm very happy about what I'm seeing coming from DC for the first time in forever. Yeah, I saw so the Robert Pattinson thing. Yo, Pattinson. Like, I underestimated Pattinson from the get. I was like... I don't know. Pattinson. It, you know, Robert Pattinson, it, you, there was always the, the bat name. Like, there's Batfleck, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like how it goes. Then, then you've got the OGs that you can't, like, you know, you got your your um, Costner. Oh, it's a, your Affleck. It's a, uh, it's, um, oh, it's this last dude. Oh, fucking shit. See it now? Clark. Now you're catching me. You got Bale. Bale Kilmer. There you go. Christian, and, Christian. and that's a, uh, thank you. Kilmer was the one I was actually freaking reaching for. You see, there you go, man. 
That's how you know it's late and we done smoked less or more than we can indiscriminately allude to. So, you know what? I don't care. This is my, <laughs> this is my podcast. <laughs> and if I want to talk all the damage I want to talk, so be it. Damn okay, Molin. Now I'm charged up and I, I just want to be petty. I just don't have a direction for it. Yeah. And um, I'm okay with that. I go back to calm now. Hey, ambiguity, like I, bro. I got charged up again. Like, Yo, we were on fire there for a second because we're talking about Batman. That's pretty dope. So, like I was saying, Bat- uh, Battinson, you freaking gonna nail it, bro. I I think he's gonna freaking I do the deal. So. I think it's so easy to make a good Batman movie that these people just fuck it up on purpose. Hey, it's upsetting that like the Suicide Squad movie was so bad. Bruh. It was just like a like an '80s classic. It was like a classic rock soundtrack with like a visual that made no sense, and Will Smith trying to put a plot. <laughs> they were he was trying to carry a lot of the of the the weight, and the and the thing is, density of that movie is Will Smith's supposed plot. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, bro. I uh, I really think that there's so much potential in the DC universe, like. I'm a huge DC fan, and it's like painful, you know. Batman's to, my favorite. Yo, but uh, still, these movies have been the Snyder Cut. I'm I'm a Flash guy myself. Really? Lightning Bolt, of mm. course, bro. Come on, if I'm gonna go for a favorite, or you know, old Soups, he's he's amazing. I've never liked Superman. What about Green Lantern? I fuck like Green Lantern because the flexibility. Flexibility, the, the flex flexibility. with the ring and the sauce yeah. and the imagination. But, Batman's my favorite because obviously, but he's dark. Superman, I just never. I'm like, what's the gimmick here? Like, he's you just can't the best. die, but like a rock can fuck you up. But, yeah, right. But like, it seems like you hold back your power sometimes. Like, and sometimes your powers contradict. Like, why don't you just really just snap necks and freeze time all the time? Like, why are you having all these like, exaggerated <laughs> fights when you know these outcomes? Because you're a Kryptonian. Like, Mm. And then there's always the ultimate question, which was always Goku versus Superman. And there have been a lot of things <laughs> surrounding that controversy, you know, how they cross over. And, you know, there's there's always, you know, how the strength parallels, right? Like, that's all it's <laughs> parallel dimensions. It's amazing, you know, how that would work. I, I love all this stuff, man, all of the nerdliness. I, I am... Into every single if if there's a nerddom, I participate. In. My nerddom, if I want to follow on that, I feel like Wolverine murders everybody because of the regeneration ability. Oof, Wolverine. I feel, I feel like he can't be stopped. Logan, great movie. Ah, um, bro, you know, sorry to confess, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, I hear the pain. It sounded like a creaky door. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> There's not many non-Marvel mm. great superhero movies. Mm. I guess Logan has to be either number one or number two because I can't remember maybe another uh, thing. Wow. Because it, it it's was, top two. Oh, it's good. Jeez. It's like it's he's old and he has to come to terms with like his... It, it, it's really good. I need to. I, I don't know why I've been putting... I feel like it's a, it's a chapter of like my life that I haven't been able There's to... There's some closure in that movie. Is sure. it really? Yeah, like it's the thing. And that's why I've been able to... Like, it's just like... Because he said it was his last um, Wolverine. Time. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know if I could prepare myself. So like I always thought to myself, like, all right, it's fine. I'll get around to it. 
<laughs> no, you should watch it. It's definitely a great movie. We were really fortunate movie, even though he's been in bad ones. Not not his fault. Yo, um, Hugh Jackman, one of the goats. I feel like undervalued. Sing very well too. Yo, multi talented, amazing. I, I was like. looking up his diet plan recently. For real? And <laughs> yeah. Not and bad. the short story is he blends his chicken in a blender because it's too much effort to chew it. Well, there you have it. Too much effort. I think we're done. I think that's... <laughs> that's how we get there. I, I, I think that's how it is. Like, I feel like I would get, like, um, maybe, like... Because he's, he's hardcore. Like, you look at this guy. He trains hard. He can't freaking move. You know what I'm saying? Like, But for him to think, oh, this chicken, this is too much. A, 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 a thongy chicken brass just grinds that shit in the fucking. <laughs> I was it's, so gross out of hearing that. I'm you sorry. know what though? Like for me, then I don't know. Like if I have to eat something that's a puree or something like that, like you say, man, <laughs> give me a freaking chicken nugget, just deep fry it, like you're saying. Because like, like that's like not... Wendy's. Like Wendy's now that they serve like fifty pieces for ten bucks, they're like fuck it. Wow. Go uh, We're going for nuggets. As long as it's nuggets, we down. Right Bitty. now, we're gonna go hit the Wendy's. Bitty. That's dangerous. They don't. Even, I'm sure they don't give you enough sauces to accommodate those great nuggets. Gonna How many sauces? No, we're not gonna. <laughs> At least twenty five. Damn, you double sauce nugget. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> no, that's That's like wasteful. <laughs> twenty five sauces. That's a lot for your gut. <laughs> Swallowing barbecue, <laughs> sweet salad. Sweet sour, you go for that? All right, I see you. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely am like a, a barbecue for shell. I'm barbecue all day. Yo, you want to know what place I went the other day? Robert is here. You heard of that? Mm-hmm. I love that place, man. Went through, it was one of those drive through kind of situations. Mm-hmm. Did it so well. They gave you like this little thing. You scan it with your phone. You look at their little menu. And you pull up, man. The freaking milkshakes, of course. You feel me? Like, I love that stuff. Oh, man. I just haven't been south in so long. I would love to go. Yo. It was it was worth it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, the, the line took a hot minute. But. I figured. Yeah. Yeah. But the nice the thing is. I want those is, Cinnabons. I want those. Um, oh, the Nosberry Farm. I need those shits to Yo. Back. It's almost I think it's. it's the, yeah, right? It's close to season. Once that happens, bro, yo, we, we going to make a mission. Making a mission for Nos. All right, all right, I'm gonna cut this short already because I just got hungry thinking about those stupid cinnamon rolls. Yo, it's munchy time. Cinnamon rolls are my weakness. Yo, man, we have Holy, Batman. Do you have anything, any last words to say? Anything cool to add before we close shop? All is well, man. You know, I I think that anybody who's listening out here and made it to this point, man, thank you, and uh, we we love you for for listening and for caring. If you're listening at this point, I need you to leave me some fire emojis so you get to this point. Just leave me some fire emojis to know you got here. Thank you for listening to the Bomb Pod. Thank you for Mr. John Mullen for being here. Amen. For being a continual guest. And we will see y'all on the next time.